What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Second Go on the Left. This is your host, Drew House. Thank you for joining me, as always. Glad to be back with you. Uh, this intro, we're going to spend on welcoming a new addition to the SDOTL family. Yes, Josh and Brittany had their baby girl, Frankie Louise. Uh, would have been November 25th. Yep, about 6.30 p.m., uh, and she is awesome. So very proud uncle right here. Shout out Josh House. Shout out Brittany House. Uh, big sister Everly and uh, baby Frankie. Baby Frankie in the building. That's right. Uh, so yeah, man, couldn't be prouder for them. Wanted to let the listeners, you the listener, know that the uh, if you didn't already know through Facebook or whatever. So if you don't follow Josh, um, that's what I'm here for. So yeah, giving you a Josh House update. Wanted to definitely devote the intro to that. And uh, man, again, couldn't be couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more excited for a new addition to the family. All right, intro done. We got a lot to talk about. So hit it. Oh yeah, appreciate it, Griswold. As always, that's the SDOTL uh, intro music. Sometimes I mix it up, but I wasn't about to mix it up after that intro. That is Live This Nightmare by the Griswolds, a Josh House exclusive. That's for you, brother. Uh, Where to start? Happy Thanksgiving aftermath to you. This is the Thanksgiving leftovers episode. Um, It is November 27th. It's about 10.08 p.m. and I'm out here in the old garage, uh, the SDOTL East headquarters. I've kind of spruced it up a little bit, man. I got my desk out here, as I mentioned before, but got the desk going. Uh, Got a lot of cool memorabilia I pulled down out of the attic. So it's my own little nook and cranny, I guess. At one point in this house, when it was just Katie and me, uh, I had a whole room. It's called a man cave. I mean, it it was a lot of cool stuff in there, you know big TV and you know gaming devices and all kinds of stuff. So that was about six years ago. Uh, and then uh, over time, that became an arts and crafts room. And then a uh, it's now a nursery. So, yeah, we are a uh, short, let's see, five months away. No, April. Yeah, about, yeah, it's about six months away. Six months away from a... The new addition to this family, uh, this guy's uh, little family over here. So we're excited about that. But yeah, point being, I'm out here in the garage now, and this is where I lay down a podcast. So it's kind of cool. You know, I got the little heater going. Um, you know, I'm excited. So I'm, I'm glad you could be with me as always. So uh, I think we're going to hit on some things that happened on uh, Thanksgiving Day, shall we? It was a good day. It was a really good day. Uh for this guy, I had a great Thanksgiving. Loved seeing the family. Went over to my dad's. Uh, saw everyone there. Then went to my in-laws. Saw everybody there. And then made a mad dash home. And literally walked in the door at 7.20 kickoff time for the Saints-Falcons game. Uh, I had seen, up to that point, I had seen a few series of the Mississippi State Ole Miss game. I had seen where State scored. But... I really just, the way I played, watched, having two games on at the same time, the way I had to play it was I had to pretty much keep the Saints-Falcons game live. And then I would, uh, on commercials, I would go and, and watch parts of the, the state Ole Miss game. So that was basically my 
strategy and it worked pretty good. I mean, because the only reason on the state game, it was on ESPN. So I would have been seeing the score, uh, the Saints Falcons score pop up on the bottom line if I had been watching the state Ole Miss game. So uh, went with the Saints Falcons game, no update, no bottom line. Thank you, NBC. And it worked out a 31 17 win for the Saints and a 35 to 3 shellacking of the Ole Miss Rebels in Oxford, mind you. So, yeah, good times. I'm not going to spend too long on this because, as my sister in law, Ann House, said, uh, Joseph's wife, who is an Ole Miss fan, as she said at the hospital last night when we were seeing Frankie, I was kind of bragging just a little bit as they were leaving. And she said that it's just an every other year thing. And, you know, she's right. She's right for the most part. So uh, the tables could definitely turn back to Ole Miss's favor next year. But as for this year, I'm going to enjoy it. I know Nick Fitzgerald enjoyed it, uh, you know, getting that revenge back against Ole Miss, the team that just completely destroyed his ankle that he had to rehab through all that time. And uh, it really came to fruition, his battle back in Oxford on Thanksgiving night. So really couldn't have been written any better. He had an awesome game. He was running all over them. And Ole Miss really didn't put up a fight. The only time that they put up a fight was a touchdown that didn't even happen because the play, the uh, game clock had run to zeros. So what we thought was a touchdown that turned into a benches clearing you know, mayhem on the field. Uh, four players ejected total, two from each side. Uh, two first-round draft picks, you know, possibly. A.J. Brown, for sure, receiver for Ole Miss. Uh, Abrams for Mississippi State. He's been working his way up. But Abrams actually, the safety for Mississippi State, he actually threw the first punch on A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown retaliated. Neither one of them were, were rejected from the game. That I was kind of scratching my head on that one, but they did get two other players who had a hold of each other's mask, uh, got them out of there, and then uh, another Ole Miss player was ejected, and then um, uh, the other Mississippi State player received an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. He had already had an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty from earlier in the game, so that was his second one. He, too, was ejected, and then every player – on both Mississippi State and Ole Miss's team were given an, an unsportsmanlike conduct for their uh, involvement in the benches clearing brawl. So they couldn't really pin it on uh, just a handful of players. So they gave they both gave both teams were given unsportsmanlike conduct. It was awesome. And then they reviewed the play, the touchdown play. And yes, in fact, Ole Miss did get the snap off after the clock, after the game clock had struck zeros to end the third quarter. And they took the touchdown off the board on top of it. So <laughs> it was, it was hilarious. As a Mississippi State fan, I was laughing. I was laughing my butt off. It was wonderful. So Mississippi State gets back in, uh, gets the Egg Bowl, the Golden Egg Trophy back in Starkville. And that puts them at eight and four on the year. And they await their bowl destination. I have seen the Citrus Bowl. I have seen the Outback Bowl, which are both played on New Year's Day. And then I also saw another popular one was the Gator Bowl, which I believe is New Year's Eve. So both, you know, cool bowls later in the bowl season. Um, a lot of teams are getting ready for, for that as far as going bowling in the SEC uh, 11 teams, actually, 11 teams total going bowling after this week. Only three are not. Only three are not Ole Miss, 
Tennessee and Arkansas. Um, one thing about Ole Miss that I have to say, it's hard to be uh, to have a bowl ban placed on you when you're not even bowl eligible. So if you're telling me if they since they were not even bowl eligible and they they had a bowl ban, should they not receive a further punishment? I don't know. Just just a question. I'm just asking to whoever whoever's listening. Uh, seems to me they should find another level of punishment, seeing as how they didn't really get to fulfill their punishment regarding the bowl game because they only had five wins. Anywho, uh, Missouri did take down Arkansas. They will go bowling. Uh, Georgia uh, took care of Georgia Tech. They are going to Atlanta. They will meet Alabama Saturday. This is not the preview episode for the last uh, for the championship round, though, or next season or next week in the NFL upcoming week. This is just the, the leftover show, Thanksgiving leftover. So basically, this episode is just going to be about covering the teams and how they did this past weekend. Okay, okay. Uh, one loss for me, and I have to say, I picked Florida State in the beginning against Florida. I picked them in the first run, and then for some stupid reason, when I went back through my winners, I said Florida. I'm sticking with Florida State because I have them checked right here. Florida State did not win. Florida, you know, really took it to them pretty good. And uh, is this is this right? I wrote a side. I wrote, I wrote a little note out beside Florida State at five and at five and seven. This is the first year since 1976 that the Seminoles are not going bowling. Incredible, incredible. Forty two years. And uh, just to put it in perspective, Mississippi State is uh, in the middle of an awesome bowl run. They've, they've gone to nine straight bowl games. So <laughs> nine straight before this this last uh, this year, 2018 season, Florida State had gone to 42 straight. So incredible, uh, incredible streak that ends. Uh, I did pick Florida State, but that did not happen. So uh, Alabama, 52-31. So was it 52? Did they did they break? I'm trying to think if they covered the spread, if they covered the spread or not. And I can't remember. I can't remember. You're probably thinking, yes, they did. But um, I'm having a hard time remembering. And I definitely want to get that right because uh, I did bring up the spread, which was 24 points, Alabama over Auburn. Uh, and I said that Alabama would cover because I thought they would. And uh, they, they did. They did. It was 52 to 21, not 31. Sorry. So little side street taken for no reason. Uh, 52, 21, Alabama covers the 24 point spread and they will meet Georgia in the SEC championship Saturday. Uh, just tide rolling along. Um, just a remarkable feat. Could really uh, we could devote a whole episode to Alabama, honestly, and their dynasty that they've had, but I'm going to, I'm going to save that for possibly an episode uh, with the self-proclaimed number one fan, Matt Harding. Uh, let him just take the reins and I'm, I don't know. I'll just go for a run or something. <laughs> uh, but Alabama just, you know, complete dominance once again in the regular season. So undefeated Mark, we'll see how the, uh, we'll see how Atlanta goes two thirty against Georgia, Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Another one I lost. Uh, I picked I picked Tennessee. I picked Tennessee, and the reason being, I picked Tennessee over uh, Vanderbilt in the standings from last year. So I picked Tennessee, and uh, Vanderbilt just had a day. Kyle, Kyle Shermer had a day. 
the quarterback for Vanderbilt. Check these numbers out. This is Drew Brees' numbers right here. 31 for 35 passing, 376 yards, three touchdowns. The dude came in at a, at a, a lean 88.6 completion percentage. Uh, just lit it up to nine different targets, mind you. Nine different targets. Again, that's just that's pretty awesome stuff right there. So Tennessee, not you know, no answer for the passing game from Vanderbilt, and it showed. Tennessee will not go bowling, as mentioned. Vanderbilt is going bowling. Vanderbilt is going bowling once again, third straight year, I do believe. So good job, Commodores. Uh, and Kyle Shermer really showed out in his last home game at Vanderbilt. So very nice career there, sir. Uh, Clemson took care of South Carolina, got that one right. Kentucky took care of Louisville, got that one right. Nine and three for the Kentucky Wildcats. Very well done, Kentucky. Uh, and then the, the game, I got to be honest, the, the, the college game Saturday night that I didn't even watch a single snap because I was watching Christmas movies with my family. Boy, I wish I had at least recorded it. Because I'd have, I'd have, I hate I missed this one. Seven overtimes, LSU at Texas A&M. Didn't watch a snap. I'm ashamed of myself. Uh, I missed a heck of a game. 74 to 72. Is it the highest scoring game, I believe, in, in college football history? Incredible. Incredible. That's all I can say. Just from the just the, the score, the length of the game, uh, Barely missing out. I want to say it was Tennessee and Arkansas was the other seven overtime game, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was Arkansas and somebody else. But uh, I do remember another seven overtime game years and years ago. But, uh, man, I missed it. I missed a good one. I missed a good one Saturday night. But that's okay. We got to watch Home Alone, uh, which was awesome, the first one. We watched that one Saturday night. And then we watched uh, Sunday. We watched the second one. So nice little double feature over the weekend uh, over here at the house's house. Uh, so that does it for the SEC. Six and three on the weekend. Uh, not terrible, but uh, I, I definitely took a flyer on Florida State. Bad decision. Definitely should have gone with Vanderbilt at home. And then uh, I really felt like LSU Texas A&M was, was a legitimate coin flip. So uh, probably could have, you know, hindsight gone with the home team. But Man, seven overtime games, 74 to 72. Incredible. All right. Uh, recapping the NFL, because that's what we're doing. We're doing the Thanksgiving leftovers edition. We're going to talk about the NFL, and then we're going to talk about something else after that. And I bet you can guess what it is, but we'll get there. In the NFL this past week, 11 and four, not bad. Uh, the Saints will come back. We'll double back to them, but uh, they did win. Pick that one. The Bears. Yes, I felt really good about this one. I felt like I was really cheering for my own team at this point, watching this game. Uh, picking the Bears on the three-and-a-half-day turnaround with the backup quarterback, and uh, they won. They beat the Lions, so good job, Bears. Uh, and the night game on th- – or I'm sorry, the afternoon game on Thanksgiving was the Redskins and the Cowboys. Cowboys picked that one, got that one right, and uh, Amari Cooper. 180 yards receiving. Can you say good pickup for my guy Dak Prescott? I can. I just said it. That was a great pickup. I loved it the second I saw it. So good job, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott. Uh, well done. Uh, game I missed out on, uh, Jaguars at Bills. 
pick the Jaguars, man. And they uh, they let me down in Buffalo. Bills take that game. Browns, Bengals, again, uh, I, I picked the Bengals, hoping that A.J. Green was going to be playing. He was out again with that toe injury. And the Browns break their 25 straight road losses streak. And uh, just shy of the record, one game shy of the record, they break it. They are now uh, they are on a streak of one and zero on the road now as they take down the Bengals. Baker Mayfield showing out in this one big time, four touchdowns for him um, and the Brown. I mean, just I can't you know what can you say? Hats off to the Browns in that one. Patriots at Jets that was an easy one. Patriots took the, took care of business. Eagles Giants that was a good one. Watch that one. That was the game on Fox 25-22. The Eagles win. I picked that one. The champs. Are not done yet. Bucks beat the 49ers at home. Got that one. Uh, Panthers, man. Panthers on a little skid here. They have lost, was it three straight? I don't know. They they they're on a they're in a tailspin. They need to pull out of it quick. They're not out of it by any means, but uh haven't been playing their best ball the last few weeks, that's for sure. And uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. But uh Seahawks take care of. Carolina in Carolina. So huge win for uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks there. The Ravens, as I picked, held down the fort against the Raiders in Baltimore. They take care of that one. Uh, The Chargers continue to roll. They have eight wins on the season, and they beat the Cardinals. Uh, Steelers, I picked the Steelers. And I, I remember saying, I think this is a game that could give them trouble against the Broncos in Denver. And sure enough, it did. They lose. <coughs> Excuse me. Broncos win that one big game. That keeps their season alive, five and six. Uh, the Steelers snap their, what was that, five-game, six-game winning streak. Um, Dolphins at Colts. Andrew Luck continues to show out. And the Colts win another one. They are six and five. Uh, the Packers at the Vikings, picked that one. Uh, the Vikings held down the fourth there as well, taking down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And then the Titans and the Texans. The Titans just, I don't know, they're not, they're not out of it. They're five and six. They're only, uh, I mean, it, it's fading fast because the the Texans, that was, a, that was a big win. That was a big win for the Texans and a, and a bad loss for the Titans as they are also in a, uh, November tailspin right here as well. So they dropped to five and six. The Texans uh, in the same division, AFC South, uh, improved to eight and three. The Titans are on the wild card doormat, really. Uh, the door is closing fast. So they're, they're really kind of outside looking in at this point, but they need to they need to go on a run. If the, if the Nashville, own, uh, Nashville residents – Titans, the the home team, uh, technically, for the NFL, for around these parts. But as for me, I was a Saints fan way before I was a Titans. The Titans were anywhere near Nashville. So uh, back when I was growing up, the Saints were the local team, the home team, at uh, a mere six hours away. So anyways, Titans always definitely try to keep a close eye on them, being that they are only a few, three, you know, a few short hours away, about three hours away. Uh, they need to get a turnaround quick. So there was the week. <coughs> excuse me. There was the week in football, 17 and seven total. Um, so not bad. Not bad. Uh, we'll try to do better next week. Uh, 
we're not going to get into it yet next week. I'll, I'll probably, I'm going to lay down another podcast tomorrow uh, or Thursday morning at the latest because there's a big NFL game Thursday night. I don't know if y'all know Saints at Cowboys, but we got time. We're going to get to it. All right. Uh, some other uh, notes that I had written down on the college as I'm just now looking at it. I definitely wanted to go over this uh, with y'all. Uh, let's see where we're at. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Drew Luck, or Drew Locke. Drew Locke at Missouri. Uh, it was reported that John Elway was in the uh, in the building in Columbia at Missouri. So I and Drew Locke. Drew Locke has had three straight seasons of 3,000 yards. <coughs> uh, passing, and he has moved up to second all-time behind Aaron Murray. So does Drew Locke get drafted by the Broncos? I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, the Arkansas game, there was they used three quarterbacks in the loss, and uh, one, of the, one of the quarterbacks was Jerry Jones' grandson. Yep, John Stephen Jones saw action at his grandfather's former alma mater and uh, alma mater. And uh, he, he saw action. So I thought that was kind of cool. So yeah, maybe in a year or two, uh, Jerry Jones's grandson will be throwing the pigskin around and uh, telling everyone how to do their job. Just like, just like old pops. Uh, Arkansas worst record, uh, 2018 worst record in 66 years when they also were a two-win team, two and eight. <clears throat> um, Jake Bentley, I, I have to, I have to, this is worth noting because that South Carolina Clemson game, Jake Bentley had 510 yards passing for five touchdowns and five touchdowns. So some of that was was garbage yardage, but there's something to be seen there with Clemson sitting 12 and 0. I think there's a little glaring weakness there as far as some secondary issues. I'm not sure, but I didn't I didn't get to watch that game. But uh, it's just worth noting to me because Clemson is the number two seed, I think, number two spot. So um, I don't know, man. If they can't if they can't guard the pass, then I don't know. But we shall see. And then Kentucky, back to that Kentucky nine win season. That was their first nine-win season since 1977. So, once again, good job, Kentucky Wildcats there. Had to get some water. All right. I think that's going to do it for uh, college football. Now we get to talk about the last part of the Thanksgiving leftovers weekend, and that would be the Walking Dead season 8A. <laughs> season 8A finale? Yeah. Mid-season finale of season 8. What did you think? I, for one, loved it. I loved the episode. I'm actually I'm, I'm thinking about re-watching it because it was so good. I put the ending of it on my story on Facebook, just a little snippet, because I thought it was that good. And I'm going to tell you now, if you haven't watched The Walking Dead mid-season finale, you need to turn this podcast off because the rest of the podcast is going to be about season eight, mid-season finale, and uh, also comic-related stuff. So if you're not able to continue listening, you know, that's okay. Just go ahead and turn it off now because spoilers abundant throughout. And that goes for the season 9B 
trailer as well. So um, I thought the introduction of the whispers was very well done. Book ended uh, for the episode. The first time we see them really make a move, so to speak, is when Daryl, Jesus and Aaron are observing them from a, a, a way, a far, far enough distance, a safe enough distance away. <coughs> Excuse me. And then Daryl finally convinces uh, Jesus and Aaron to, you know, leave. The storm was coming. They needed to head back, whatever. And they do that. So as we see our heroes walk away, we go back into the herd and we get in there with them. And we start the camera pans into them. And then all of a sudden, you know, passing by walkers. And then all of a sudden it comes up behind this one walker and he turns his head to the left. Yeah. That's how it starts. Okay. I have to say this, that I, I do believe if I didn't know about the whispers, I probably would have been a little more shocked at that part or a little more like, I, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm having a hard time expressing exactly because I don't regret reading the comics. I do know what's coming. Uh, but at the same time, I'm still very much excited, especially for the end. But I, I still, even with knowing that, you know, what the who the whispers are and all that, what my point is, I really liked how they just made that slight little turn of the head in Daryl, Jesus and Aaron's direction that, hey, these guys, there's more to these walkers, quote unquote, at this point than, you know, there's something else going on because they clearly do just turned his head in the direction that the, uh, they were leaving from. And that's how the episode starts. So great job there. And then, uh, the conversation with Negan and Gabriel, I'm loving that relationship. Uh, uh, you know, I dug it in the trailer when they were trapped and they had to, you know, put the blood and guts on to get out. Um, that's a Rick and Negan moment later on in the, in the comics that we have a point where we haven't gotten to FYI. So uh, I did like that, how they looking back, I like how they did that with Gabriel and Negan because they reintroduced that, that, you know, relationship with um, Gabriel and they're trying to basically just help Negan get through some of the things that made Negan Negan, you know, uh, therapy, I guess you would say. Um, but Negan's not being very receptive of it, you know, Shocker, I know, right? But still, the dialogue between them is is really cool. You know, kind of old old friends, so to speak, in a way. Um, then there's a part in where Michonne finally gets to Hilltop, and the uneasiness that is going on with our heroes is it's very head scratching because of because of the time jump, the the six year time jump. We don't know. There's there's been something that's gone on. There's you know, there's marks on our some of our heroes, Michonne and Carol. There's, you know, just whelps on their back. Uh, and so it's going to be really interesting. Hopefully we learn what happened at least by the end of season nine, because something happened and it needs to be seen. And Angela Kane has expressed how, you know, with the time jump, they would be able to go back and dive into the story, but also be able to go back and bring back other characters. So kind of cool there, but definitely some tension going on with Michonne and Carol at Hilltop and Tara and Michonne. Um, yeah, I, I don't like it, but it, it definitely makes for um, some 
you know, dramatic TV. I, I will say that. Uh, a lot of a, a lot of other things happen in the episode, but let's just jump. I, I want to jump straight to the end with the fight in the cemetery and just the overall tone and feel of this episode. It was phenomenal. It was like an old school horror movie, uh, horror movie. And I, I, I really was digging it hard. All right. You have to understand this because I have been on this. I've not left the walking dead train. Okay. A lot of people have, this was the lowest rated mid season finale ever. You know, it was, it was up from the season nine premiere, which is good. You know, they did pick up more and more viewers or, you know, pick back up more viewers as the first half of season nine went on, but still the lowest mid season finale in the walking dead history. And it's, it's an, it's an amazing episode that, that don't let the ratings take away from the episode because I thought it was very well done. Again, the feel of the episode, the, the, horror themes that were going on, the, the creepiness factor, trying to find Eugene uh, after Rosita said that she had left him out there, you know, trying to find him, finding him and saying just they're in some, they're, they're in some serious trouble. They're in some tr- serious trouble talking about herds doubling back, uh, looking for him, you know, knowing that they're looking for him. It, it's just freaking him out. I thought, Josh McDermott played this this episode, you know, very well as Eugene uh, really knocked it out of the park with uh, the injury and then the uh, just the sense of dread that he was feeling as far as what he had been through. Uh, I liked him in this episode a lot. Um, There finally comes to a point where uh, Aaron and Jesus are carrying Eugene back to Alexandria, but they feel like they're getting, you know, they're, they're losing ground, right? Karen Eugene, an, an injured person. So Daryl has the idea to take his dog named dog. Love it. Love that for Daryl's character, uh, by the way, that he's named a dog dog. Of course he did. Uh, there comes a part where Daryl has to distract the herd away from Jesus and Aaron and Eugene so they can safely get back. And Daryl, Daryl's going to do his Daryl thing and and he'll be fine. So he tries to direct them towards him and his dog. And then all of a sudden the first couple of walkers that are leading the group, just, just take a a sharp turn to the right. It's so well done how they do some of the stuff. It's kind of giving me chills a little bit. Just thinking about it. I'm I'm definitely going to rewatch this episode probably tonight. Um, it's so well done. And Daryl, you just see the look and he even mouths it like he mouths WTF. And it's, it's just so awesome. The look in his face, uh, in his eyes, he's like, this is insane. So uh, they finally get to the cemetery, uh, Josh, Aaron and Eugene. Uh, they go through this cemetery. They have to go over the wall. Uh, but then all of a sudden they're they're hit by some other. They're caught up. The walkers catch up to them. Right. And uh, Jesus and Aaron start fighting. Eugene's able to fight off a little bit. And then uh, Michonne and Magna and uh, a couple of people from that group from the hilltop after they've left the hilltop, they catch up as well and help in on the fighting. Uh, Jesus tells Aaron to help Eugene get over the wall and uh, he's going to fight off the walkers, last few walkers. You know, at this point, I thought Tom Payne 
described his his character very well because uh, Jesus is the char- type of character that likes being out and about, and uh, as the leader, as the you know leader of the hilltop after Maggie's departure, that's not where he wanted to be. He didn't want to be the leader, tied down, handling problems like that. He wanted to be out and about, uh, doing his thing as far as you know, attracting people or you know, fighting. Just just fighting. The dude has skills, and the skills were on full display. You know, straight from the comics in this episode. And, and I loved it. He he goes to he knocks out like five or six walkers like it's nothing. Aaron tells him to come on. He's coming up on two more walkers as he's about to go over the gate. He takes one out easily and he swings at the second one. And the second one ducks, misses the sword altogether. Jesus is thrown off balance and the walker slash whisperer stabs Jesus straight through the back and then Stabs him once again, even harder, going through his his heart, basically to his chest. Uh, and he tells him that he is that he tells Jesus that he is where he does not belong. And uh, Jesus dies. That guy, Jesus dies right there. He he did. And uh, a short time later, not a few seconds later, that same whisperer gets an arrow straight from Daryl's crossbow right through the head. Um, Michonne, Aaron, they come out and take out the rest of the. Some other whisperers that were uh, mixed in, they take them out. Uh, it's about you know a handful of them, and then um, as the episode is closing, there's more whispers. The group is surrounded. The group is surrounded in the cemetery by whispers, and that's how it ends. It was an awesome episode. The season nine B trailer looks phenomenal. Uh, I mean. Again, the whispers saying that they're all going to die now in the cemetery. Well, there may be more deaths, but we know not everybody's going to die. We know they're going to get out. Um, but this thing with this threat with the whispers is real deal. Yeah, it's real deal. Um, I loved how they ended this the first half of the season. I hate it for Tom Payne because on Talking Dead, he was really expressing his frustration with uh Basically, the way the, the, the showrunners were handling his character, um, he was introduced, you know, karate kicking and, and doing all his awesome Jesus stuff from the comics. And then he was pretty much relegated to a bunch of talking and uh, no more fighting. And uh, Tom Payne admitted that he was even off, you know, off camera. He was always training and, and preparing and Come to find out, uh, I guess all that training and and preparing and fighting and learning how to to maneuver was just saved for his his last few moments on the show, um, and, and that kind of sucks. But uh, he Tom Payne, the actor, he was happy about it. He was he was ecstatic about how it ended, uh, going out the way he did, and I am too. I honestly, am too. Jesus is alive and well in the comics, but the fact that they take him out to introduce the whispers. When they whisper, when they introduce him in the beginning of the episode with, with the head turn, and then they really they really get you with the end and like hello, welcome, you know, this is what we really are. We're some bad dudes. We're mixed in with the walkers. You're not going to be able to tell. We we talk. We don't even talk. We whisper low enough to where the walkers, you know, they can't even really decipher what's what. Uh, we're wearing walker skin. 
it's it's a threat. It's a real threat. So our heroes are in trouble. Some of the things that look cool from that season nine trailer, uh, Beta, which who is second in command of the Whispers uh, under under Alpha, uh, Beta and Daryl are fighting. Beta is a big dude. Beta is a huge dude. In the comics, he's about seven feet tall. Uh, so the, the guy that they got to play him, I think is every bit of six, five, six, six. So that fight between him and Daryl is going to be awesome. Uh, also the, the, uh, prisoner that the, they have a prisoner that's talking to Daryl. Uh, I will keep this safe. I will keep this safe, but, uh, a, a prisoner is trying to coax Daryl into joining them. And I don't think this is giving anything away, but that prisoner is a whisper. All right. She's a whisper. And that's why she's saying that, you know, he belongs with them more than his own group. You know, so I don't think that's really hard to decipher, but yes, that's what it is. That lady is a whisper. Um, It's going to be awesome. Uh, Michonne is, is, you know, Sadiq saying what good is if, if Alexandria survives, if the hilltop falls. And he said, what, what good comes from that? And she's, she just says, what good comes from it is that Alexandria survives. Uh, so again, man, that, that disconnect between Alexandria and Hilltop, um, it's big. It's very big for the show because in the comics, uh, there's very much an ender, uh, a connection. There's a connection between the, the groups and the communities. And a lot of that has to do with Rick Grimes. And Rick Grimes, you know, friendly reminder, he's not on the show anymore. So who the heck knows what's going to happen? I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for the the direction of the show. Um, and I, you know, can't wait till February. The week after the Super Bowl, the uh, second half of season nine will hit our TVs. And I, for one, can't wait. Uh, February 10th, February 10th, Sunday. Uh, it's going to be great. Feels like I had one more thing to talk about from that trailer, but uh, it really escapes me right now. Just know the whispers are going to be awesome. And I think Samantha Morton, uh, if you don't know her, who she is, check her out. She is going to play a spot on Alpha. I think she's going to do an awesome job. Um, and Beta, them getting somebody just so you know intimidating and uh, and physical as that dude seems to be. Another great casting decision there too. So uh, excited! It was a, it was a very awesome Thanksgiving. Hope you had an awesome Thanksgiving as well. Uh, moving forward, man, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, Christmas oriented, I guess. So uh, thanks as always for listening. That was the Thanksgiving leftovers uh, episode, uh, and we will see y'all. I'm going to lay down one tomorrow. I'm going to lay down one tomorrow because we got a we got a whole new uh, week of NFL and I got to give you all some picks uh, on that. And then I also got to uh, I'm going to do some some uh, power five conference championships for you. We're going we're, we're going to start getting the <laughs> we're going to start getting national with this thing because uh, it is conference championship weekend. And we're going to start getting into the college football playoffs and we're going to start seeing some more of these other teams. All right. Sound good. Sounds good to me, too. All right, man. Y'all have a great one. Thanks for listening. God bless. Y'all be nice. Take care of each other, man. Peace. Look at that, man. I was so focused on 
not getting too hyped about the Saints' uh, victory over the Falcons and where they're at on the season, 10-1, and one, that I forgot to double back to the game, uh, the Saints game, Saints-Falcons game. Uh, defense showed out uh, four turnovers, I think, something like that, three or four, about six sacks, uh, just crucial stops, forced three turnovers in the red zone. That's incredible. So uh, defense deserves a lot of credit for that win uh, against the Falcons. The offense showed out. Drew Brees threw a touchdown pass to four undrafted players, first time in NFL history. Uh, Dan Arnold, Keith Kirkwood, both with their first TD receptions of their career, and Austin Carr and Tommy Lee Lewis with the second of their careers. Combined touchdowns for Mr. Uh, Austin Carr, Keith Kirkwood, Tommy Lee Lewis, and Dan Arnold. Combined touchdowns on the year for them going into Atlanta. Zero. They now have a combined four. Incredible job, Drew Brees dis- uh, dispersing the ball around. Uh, can't say enough. So didn't want to get too hyped, but I had to drop some Shamar Allen on y'all. I love that song. That's about Sean Payton uh, dance he was caught doing in the locker room. So they went ahead and made a song about it. So hopefully this is the year. <laughs> I'm trying not to get too hyped, but I did. I did have to uh, put them in the outro because I, I just forgot to mention them. I forgot to mention them. So. Uh, trying to downplay the season pretty hard at this point. so, uh, But we'll see. Also, also that whole Florida State 1976 deal, that's the last time they had a losing season. They were, uh, last, uh, they were last in a bowl game. The first, uh, last time they missed a bowl game was 1982. So I remembered that, wanted to get that in. And I think I said uh, Carol has the X scars on her back. In The Walking Dead, yeah, that's not true. It's Daryl. So Carol came out. I meant Daryl. Daryl Michonne with the X scars on their back. And uh, also made no mention of Negan returning to the sanctuary in the season 9B. And I said 8 a bunch of times for some reason. Season 8. Season 9, uh, Negan's back at the sanctuary. Home sweet home. So outro. Had to clear up some things and uh, touch uh, base with my, with my saints a little bit and get y'all... Get y'all caught up on them, so because I forgot to double back to them. So that's on me. But yeah, hit the Sean Payton. Uh, Sean, Sean Payton, you're the man. You're dialing them, dialing the plays up. It just had a ridiculous weight, brother. So who that? Uh, Hell State. We got the trophy for a whole year, so that's awesome. We're gonna be back. Outro. Second door on the left. Drew House. Y'all, y'all have a good one, man. Later. <laughs>